prestigious title. The head ball coach of BYU Baseball, Mike Littlewood, joins us in studio. Have his expectations changed with the rash of injuries? Plus, meet the newest Cougar basketball player on scholarship and BYU football playing money ball? Stats matter, people. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Sports. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, Studio B, your host, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. We'll do it live in Radio Vision. Presented by the BYU Store, BYU Sports Nation. Back on BYU TV and BYU Radio, the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. April 27th, wherever and however you're dialed in, as always, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Protein Bar columnist Jason Shepard. Here's what you need to know about protein bars. The better they look, the grosser they are. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had one of those, especially the, the chocolate kind? Because, you know, you, you look at it like, man, that looks like a really good fudge brownie. It doesn't taste like a really good fudge brownie. It tastes like a really thick piece of cardboard. So what is the best tasting protein bar? I think, and I, I think you would agree with me because I have given you some of these. Recently. The Power Crunch Vanilla Cream Bar. Okay, it is really good. It is because really good. Because it's like, a, you know, like the, uh, the vanilla, like the sugar wafers, mm-hmm. you know, that we basically eat too many of when we have that's what this has the consistency of like the sugar wafers. Yeah, what's the protein content to the sugar content though in that? Oh, there's more protein. I'm just I, I'm assuming there's more protein in it. <laughs> All I know is oh, it, yeah, there's more protein. It, it I don't tastes know. really, really good. <laughs> more importantly, Jason, and I can't believe we have buried this. I can't <laughs> believe we have not discussed this until this point. What do you think of Beyonce's? New album, hashtag lemonade. Hey, when life gives Beyonce lemons, (laughs) she makes lemonade. Good night, everybody. Good night. (laughs) Good grief. (laughs) I think she sold like 74 million copies in 24 hours. Essentially, it's just ripping her husband. (laughs) What? I thought they were were like a happy couple. (laughs) Apparently not. Oh, yep. Just imagine like... An argument with your with your spouse. Usually, that stuff you know stays stays within the walls of the I've home. I've sold fifty million <laughs> copies in the last two years. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and release all of our dirty laundry to the world <laughs> in, a, in the form of an album. <laughs> Seventy million people are going to pay attention. Beyonce. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. More important things, right, yes. Jason? Yes, of course. Bronson Kafusi is number seventy on ESPN Draft Expert. Mel Kuyper's big board. He is the highest-rated player in the state of Utah. Mitch Matthews also on the big board, coming in at number 272. Now that means, or could mean, maybe that seventh round close to Mr. Irrelevant pick for Mitch. I don't know. I asked a poll question about where people think Kafusi will be drafted. Almost 50% of those that voted, and they were about 400, Said between 50 to 69 overall, so late second round, early third round. Yeah, I think he's going to be a second round pick. You know, there's a chance, because you, you know, you see all the reports that maybe he sneaks in late first round, but I think, 
I think it's a pretty safe bet he's going in round number two. I think, I think he's proven to everybody yeah. that he's worth that kind of a pick. NFL draft starting up tomorrow night. I can't wait. Ben Patch of number one ranked BYU Volleyball won the Brian Ivey Award. That award is given out to the best opposite hitter in the country. So congratulations to Ben Patch. Yeah, I'll put my stamp of approval on that. <laughs> BYU Baseball had a game canceled last night at Utah Valley University in Brent Brown Park. A lot of rain. The game has been rescheduled for May 10th. Also, Eric Mika is back from his mission. He returned. Hail Caesar. That's right. He returned home from the Rome, Italy mission yesterday. And then last night, TJ Haas tweeted out a photo of himself along with Mika and Nick Emery with the caption, and we're back together. Now, wait, I thought Eric, is Eric Mika transferring, Jason? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's really going to be a, a shame when he transfers to Utah. <laughs> I mean, that's really going to be a shame. I mean, isn't that oh, what everybody's snark, saying is going to happen? The snark and sarcasm <laughs> is rolling early. How cool is that to see those three back together and that much closer to wearing BYU uniforms together? Rise and shout on that note. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The big three at BYU. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. You know, those guys, I've, I've been with best friends with them for a long time now, and we've been writing back and forth, and they're excited to get back. The voice of Nick Emery. He recently joined us and referenced the reunification of something that BYU basketball has had in the works for a very long time. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of that in just a minute. How would, how'd that go again? The nitty-gritty. <laughs> it's from, it's from uh, Nacho Libre. Yeah, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see if you'd do okay, it a second uh, time. Okay, of course I will. <laughs> there have been some outstanding trios in the storied history of BYU sports. A lot. You all know this. Most of you know this. And if you don't, we're about to reintroduce you to some of those fantastic trios. Let's examine it. Starting with Jimmer Fredette, Jackson Emery, and Brandon Davies of BYU Basketball. How good was that trio? It was fantastic. You had an unbelievable score. You had an unbelievable defensive player. And then a big down in the post that you could, uh, you could rely on. That was a fantastic trio of BYU Basketball. Let's go football. Max Hall. Austin Colley, Harvey Unga in 2008. In 2009, it was Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, and Harvey Unga. How about going a little more old school? Brandon Doman, Luke Staley, and Reno Mahe. I'm telling you, when BYU has special teams, there is this trend of really good big threes. You know, and it, it transcends into the NBA as well. You know, in Miami when it was Bosch and Wade and LeBron. Most teams need three stars, right? You especially talk about it more in basketball because you obviously have fewer people on the team overall. But yeah, usually when teams are really good in basketball, you've got three players. Some people, a lot of people, especially in BYU Sports Nation, hoping that Mika, Haas, and Emery can be the next big three. Let's go even further back and stay with basketball. Mike Smith, Jeff Chapman, Marty Haas. That team was ranked number two in all of college basketball in 1988. That Honestly, that's a tough one to try and surpass. Or, and then, the, na- or the national championship yep. football team. Robbie Bosco, Lockie Hamuli, Glenn Kozlowski, NFL guys. A lot of good trios making their way through the uh, BYU athletics program. But who deserves the title of Big Three 
in the year 2016, which brings us to Jason and today's Twitter question. Which trio of BYU athletes deserves the title of Big Three on campus? Any sport. First tweet in from at pkelly926. Judging by the number of Twitter followers, it's Taysom Hill, Tanner Mangum, and Jamal Williams. Can you have two quarterbacks in the same big three? (laughs) See, we had this discussion earlier in the production meeting. You can't have both, right? Because they're not going to play at the same time. Are they? They're not. I'm telling (laughs) you. Like, we have asked any and every coach, like, so is there no way that all three get on the field at the same time? Other than, like, maybe, like, this once-in-a-blue-moon gimmick play, it's not going to happen. You have one quarterback, one running back, and not two quarterbacks, okay? But a lot of people are tweeting that in. Now, Jason, who do you have? Who are the big three in 2016? I'm not just jumping aboard because it's the most recent – but I think it is T.J. Hawes, Nick Emery, and Eric Mika. And I, not to get like overly technical right out of the gate, but there's only one group of people who people are actually calling the big three. Wow. And that's this group. You really are feeling in, uh, filling in well <laughs> for uh, Jerem Jordan with the technicalities. But I mean, you know, who else? Have you ever heard anybody else call? I mean, and, and this, you know, we love Jamal and Taysom and Tanner or if you take one out, you know who. We'll, but I've never heard them called the big three. You've been people have been calling these three basketball players the big three for a couple of years. There has not been an anticipation for three players to come in and play together like there has for this. So for me, hands down, it's those three players. I'll give you the technicality side. You're right. The big three go back to the Lone Peak three, and now they are going to hopefully become the BYU big three. But it has been a long time since those three have played a competitive, documented basketball game together. Crazy number, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. It's been 1,000... 516 days since the Lone Peak Three have played in a sanctioned basketball game together. (laughs) That's more than four years. The 2012 (laughs) Utah High School 5A State Championship on March 3rd. Lone Peak beat Brighton, I think it was 68-38. That was more than four years ago. You know, BYU fans are used to waiting quite a long time for athletes to play. But when you put that into perspective, 1,516 days since, this t- since those three players have played in a sanctioned game together, man, it's been a long That's time. Amazing. We've been waiting a very long time for this. Can you imagine counting down from that? From March 3rd, 2012, to the first game they play. It makes football seem like it's just a mere few days away. Countdown to the Wildcats. 129, 129 days away from BYU football and Arizona in Glendale at the home of the Arizona Cardinals. Football is king in America, Jason, and at BYU for that matter, which is where we find the biggest three of big threes at BYU. It is Kalani Satake, Ty Detmer, (laughs) and Eliza Tuiaki. You're going in the coaching ranks. That's the real answer. But even if we have to go with actual current players, it's Taysom Hill or Tanner Mangum, Jamal Williams, 
and Nick Kurtz, I believe, will become the guy as the wide receiver in 2016. It's football. Those are the big three. Are you kidding? How do you not include Taysom Hill and or Tanner Mangum, Jamal Williams, and the emerging receiver who was one of the top Juco recruits a couple of years ago? Those are the big three to me. What do you think the chances of BYU's linebackers being the big three this year? See, as fun as that is, and as much as the defensive players love that conversation, they're like, yeah, Shep, did it, bro. <laughs> like, it's, it's Taysom slash Tanner, Jamal Williams. It's Tansom. It's Tansom, <laughs> Jamal Williams, and Nick Kurtz to me. Now, that said, because football garners so much attention and interest, and it is king in America, why not look at some of the other sports? Okay, think about this. Think about this for a moment. BYU Volleyball, number one team in America, number one overall seed. They are projected to win the national championship. Ben Patch, Brendan Sander, and Jake Langlois are all coming back after this year. They're all back. That is a case can be made for volleyball. How about baseball? And I know this is going to get a smile for our next guest, uh, head coach Mike Littlewood, who's in studio with us right now. How about Michael Rucker? Okay. Who's 8-0, the ace of the staff. Unbelievable. Colton Shaver, who can pretty much do anything with a bat. Yeah, he's pretty good. And Brennan Lund, who is a killer leadoff man All for BYU baseball. All he's doing is batting 400-plus. <laughs> so how about those three? Holy cow. Women's soccer, Ashley Hatch, Nadia Gomes, Rachel Boaz. I know they don't get a lot of notoriety, but what those three bring to the pitch for BYU women's soccer, a perennial ranked team that are always going to be going to the NCAA tournament. Those three are special players in and of their own right. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUS and join BYU Sports Nation. Which trio at BYU deserves the title of Big Three on campus? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At CVD6262, considering that BYU Volleyball's Big Three are all first-team all-conference, I'd have to give them the title. Maybe they're the runaway answer here, but because it's volleyball, they're not getting the respect they deserve. Maybe that's maybe it's as simple as that. At Justin D. Sweeney, easy. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and Tanner Mangum. The Lone Peak Trio will have their glory soon enough. Up next, as Jason said, BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood. How is he compensating for his team's fair share of injuries? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Baseball begins a three-game series against Gonzaga at Miller Park on Thursday. The game can be seen on BYU TV and heard on BYU Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to talk BYU baseball with head coach Mike Littlewood coming up in just a second. Would you describe that series as huge? It's huge. Yeah, it's, it's a big one. Our Twitter question today, which trio of BYU athletes deserves the title of Big Three on campus? Does it come from BYU baseball? I think it's BYU football. Jason said it's the big three, the lone peak three for BYU basketball. At CJ Hershey tweeting in, I'll go big four. You can't go big four. It's the big three. It completely changes the dynamic of everything. Kalani Satake, Ty Detmer, Ed Lamb, Elisa Tuiaki. The football coaches. Another popular answer that we are seeing on social media today. Joining us now, a man who has compiled more than a big three of his own on BYU baseball, Mike Littlewood. Coach, welcome back to Studio Thanks B. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. 
You mentioned that you're not wearing your glasses today, and you quickly pointed out that it's great to have Jerome. Yeah, good to see you, Jerome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, just happy, <laughs> is that you? I'm just happy that your favorite is here doing the show with me today. Yeah. So. We've established favorites. It's okay, man. There's a pecking order. Sometimes I can't find those glasses. So. <laughs> Now, you ended up having uh, some unexpected free time last night because of a rainout, which is always a bummer. You get, you get amped up to play. You're going to go against uh, you know, a crosstown phone, Utah Valley. So what, what did you end up doing with your night now that you had it off? Well, first of all, we, we got over here about 1 o'clock and had some BP over at Miller Park because they canceled uh, on-field BP at, at Utah Valley and got all dressed and had team meeting and drove down there and sat in the dugout. And, and uh, so that was about six hours of nothing. <laughs> And then uh, you guys are going to think I'm total losers, but uh, a, a total loser. But I went home and watched college baseball. I watched LSU and Tulane, and then I watched uh, a little bit of UCLA, Cal State Fullerton, and then I watched a little bit of Yankees. And I mean, so I, I watched. My wife had some church duties, and so I just kind of sat there and watched baseball. Why would I think you're a loser for <laughs> indulging in sports and yeah. taking it easy, coach? Just like you know, tunnel vision. I guess. Just do I not have any other interests in life? <laughs> I guess I guess not. So I have I to FaceTime, go watch college I FaceTime with my granddaughter, and that that was fun. My oldest granddaughter, so uh, I, I got something accomplished last night. So what what actually happens when you get into those situations where you're just kind of stuck in the dugout, nothing to do? What's the craziest thing you've ever seen happen in the dugout? Dugout just, battles, just, yeah, just to pass the time. Yeah, well, I think the the craziest one that I've, I or maybe um, the coolest one I've ever seen was. A bunch of guys got – well, first of all, last night we see a, I see a baseball coming from the other dugout, and I thought, okay, it's, it's, here it goes, because that's how it starts. It's a challenge that's written on a baseball, and you throw it from one dugout <laughs> to the other. And nothing happened because we canceled the game shortly thereafter. But one of the coolest ones I've seen is a bunch of guys making an arch like this, and then they put a guy with the whitest body, you know, whitest body, they slide him in through the arch of about 10 people, and then – there's a darker guy in the middle, and then, so it's like a t- you know like a tanning bed. You put him through. That's a pretty that's a pretty good one. Jeff Barker with our who was a pitcher with us last year, he would do this thing. He could stand on his head, so he would he would put his pants on like over his head and stand on his head. Oh yes, I've seen. That's this. a pretty cool one, and, and to walk around on his hands and. That's a pretty good one. For the uh, record, anyone that's seen me in shorts knows I would be the whitest guy. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty cool. This I, is why baseball is the greatest. Sport. Yeah, it is. I've seen I've seen teams like just I mean a, a total put together uh choreographed where maybe 10 players will be elk or deer running around the field and then they'll they'll have little um they'll have people like this is rock, you know, and then a uh, a uh, Hunter will come up behind the rock and shoot him, and they'll <laughs> fall down on the ground. I mean, we're not very smart. <laughs> but creative. Be, but creative. Very creative. Okay. So you don't get to play a game, which is frustrating because moving forward this week, as we mentioned, big series against Gonzaga coming up. You were hoping to iron out some some kinks, especially in the pitching rotation. So what do you do now that you didn't get to play that game for your pitching rotation moving forward against Gonzaga? Well, I, I did want to get Riley Gates to start and, and kind of see where that led into the weekend. Uh, Connor Williams looks like he might be able to come back this, this week, maybe not as a starter, but get him some innings. So today we'll just run a simulated game and have those guys throw 15 pitches live on the field, which isn't exactly like a game situation, but at least they get on the mound and, and see a batter up there. Our hitters get to see some live pitching. Um, and, and that's going to be enough to get us ready for tomorrow. I mean, at this point in the season, 
really, uh, you know, just kind of go through, get your work in and get stuff done. And, but it's, but it's really important not to go a full week without seeing live, live pitching. So that's the one thing we'll do today is, is, uh, just get some live pitchers out there and try to make it as much like a game as we possibly can. We've talked so much since the beginning of the year about depth. And when you've had guys that needed to step up, you've, you've had that happen. With this many injuries to, to key places, like in the rotation, do you have to adjust expectations at all, or does that not change? Well, I think it's just like the philosophy of next man up. Um, the, the guys, they're here because they're good players, and they can get the job done. They may have to change roles. Hayden Rogers is changing role to a starting pitcher. He's been a starting pitcher before. Um, he's got to maybe lessen his mistakes of, of throwing the ball. You know, every He'll throw two or three balls right down the middle of the plate. We call it wild over the plate. Um, so he'll have to work out some of those. But, um, you know, somebody's just got to step up. That's, that's the bottom line, and they can do it. But if you look at our what we plan on going into the season, we had Kendall Motes as our number two starter, had bone chips taken out of his elbow. Oh. We got about an inning out of him this year, he, so he, he, he'll get a medical red shirt. And then Buffalo goes down with a with an elbow, and Connor Williams was out last week. But you know, we we just try not to look at that. On the other side, um, Kyle Dean goes down, and Brendan Anderson goes down, and Tanner Chauncey can only DH now because of his shoulder. And so, you know, those are just things we we deal with. And uh, the depth thing is is good. It's not devastating to us. It hurts, but it's not devastating. Mike Little with us, the BYU baseball coach on BYU Sports Nation, back in Studio B, with those that are available when they become healthy. Is the desired rotation now, obviously, Mike Rucker on Thursday, and then uh, I guess I'm asking, what, what do you do on Friday and Saturday? Does Connor become the day two starter? Does he stay at day three? What, what do you do with that? I think Connor will stay day three and, and move Hayden Rogers into that. So he'll um, be the, the game the, two starter. The game two starter. The, only, the, the way that hurts us is it takes a left-hander out of our bullpen, uh, especially a team like Gonzaga or Creighton, who we played last week. Uh, who has a bunch of left-handers, and you look at the the end of games, it would be nice to match up with Gates and, and Burrup and Rogers, so we could kind of match up a little bit more. But now, you know, we'll stick, uh, maybe Gates will start Saturday. We just have to kind of fill that out a little bit. But with Hayden in there, he's a guy that, that's been there before and can get the job done. And maybe we go staff day on Saturday. Hey, who's ready to, who's ready to go? Our philosophy right now is win, win the game that we're playing. Let's not look ahead. Let's just win the game we're playing. You mentioned Brennan Anderson, and you know he was actually able to get in pinch run in a game over the weekend. But he, he hasn't he hasn't tech, you know played baseball yeah. um, you know since he tore the ligament in his left thumb. I know you guys were hoping to get him some baseball specific you know routines to go through. You had him in the lineup to play last night. Yeah. How comfortable are you right now with him playing? Um, I'm comfortable. Our trainers have said that he's not going to hurt anymore. I mean, the, the ligament's torn, so you know it's, he's not going to hurt himself if he can if he can uh, stand the pain. And I mean, it's it's pretty much wrapped like a cast right now. If so, if I wanted to get him in the game. That's probably the the reason I wanted to play the most last night was to get Brandon in the game and see how just to get the feel of being on the field again after after uh, four or five weeks. Um, I'll probably put him in there tomorrow and and just see how he goes and. Um, there's only one way to find out if he can do it, and that's by putting him there and see if he can do it. And so, um, fortunately, we have Schneeman who's stepped up, and Jack Clough has been there for us all year. We have Nate Favaro. So there's things we can do. Noah Hill's been in there, and um, there's things we can do that way. But Brennan br- brings such a such a like a magical presence. I mean, he's just one of those guys that um, he's a special 
guy on the field, and he he's just got brings swag, an energy. Man. It's exactly what it is. I didn't want to go there, but that's what it, <laughs> it is. is. It he is. carries that's a mustache comb on a chain yeah. around his neck. Yeah. They're all. You were there yesterday. They're all pretty clean shaven right yes. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, did it take you a minute? Did, did you have to like take a second? Like, wait, who is that guy? I, well, for Trent Pratt, I did. <laughs> I, I walked in on. Like, oh yeah, that's Trent. <laughs> <laughs> Where so. are my glasses? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't see a big, yeah. thick mustache. <laughs> Mike Littlewood with us on BYU Sports Nation. You get Gonzaga Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Your team, because of injuries and, I mean, stiff level of competition between Arizona, who is now looking like the team to beat in the Pac-12. Yeah. They've jumped way up in the RPI. Creighton, St. Mary's. Like, the competition has really stiffened up, and it's not getting easier against Gonzaga. So where, where is your team mentally right now? Now that you've lost a couple of series and, and you're facing some, you know, adversity. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a legitimate question because, and I, and I, the, the most honest answer would be, I don't know. Um, it feels good. It feels, it feels right. I mean, yesterday the dugout felt, felt better than it did against Creighton. And I really think Saturday against Creighton, it was, it was almost a case of overlooking, you know, we, we come out and just spank them on Friday. And then we think, uh, they don't want to play. It's raining, you know, blah, the weather's bad. Um, that's not the way to look at a veteran team that's that's got a thirty something RPI. I mean, they're they're good for a reason. They they've won that many games for a reason. So, I think the I think that was just a bump in the road. Um, I'm hoping it was. But as a coach, you kind of try to get a feel for where are we at mentally, and I feel like we're in a good place just because we have a bunch of mature guys that they're just going to go play the game. They'll they'll go play the next game and and kind of see how it turns out. We we feel really good with Rucker on the mound, obviously. Um, one interesting kind of caveat to this whole thing is Rucker transferred from Gonzaga, mm. and they bring you know last year when Mike threw against them up there, it was it was ugly. I mean they they were on him, they were Bush from the dugout. I mean they were saying some personal things, and we have to expect that out of their dugout. Um, coaches let them go a little bit, um, anything to kind of win a game. But hey, it's uh, that's why we do this stuff. How do you think? On the field-wise, how do you feel you match up with Gonzaga and vice versa? How do you feel they match up with you? I, you know, I think we're, we're almost exact same team. They, they throw six or seven left-handers at you uh, at the plate, and so that's kind of something that we'll have to combat. It's a lot like Creighton did. Um, Bailey they're, uh, and Morgan, their one and two starters are very, very good. Bailey's going to run it up there 92-95 with a really good change. He can pitch. I mean, he can really, really pitch. Uh, and he'll give us fits if we if we swing out of the zone and, and don't handle that change up. But it's going to be it's going to be if if everybody plays to their potential, it's going to be one of those games where whoever makes the plays, whoever gets a key hit, is going to win. Um, a great series for the fans. Uh, a lot of anxiety for coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how is your mentality right now, Coach? You doing okay? I'm telling you, I haven't slept one one night since that Creighton because I just, you know, it's, as a coach, you're more worried about. I told the guys, hey, I'm I'm more concerned about our mental state than I am the, the two losses. Mm-hmm. I mean, those two losses, we'll forget about those. You'll, you'll never remember those losses as you get when you're my age. But the the way we feel and the way we approach the game has to has to change. And you know, I I have very little control over that really as a head coach. All you can do is you know do a little rah rah and hope they hope they show up to play. You've got plenty of swag, Coach. Oh, I, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll, I'll take all the compliments I can get <laughs> yeah. right now. Let's get you some BYU Sports Nation karma this week for the Gonzaga Series, I'll too, right? It. Yeah. Okay, so special dose of BYU Sports Nation karma to Mike Littlewood and BYU Baseball as they approach a huge <laughs> conference series with the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Stephen Bale of BYU Hoops just got a scholarship. How's he feeling about it? He'll join us from Washington State. Where is Bronson Kafusi on Mel Kuyper's big board? 
and how BYU football is implementing Moneyball principles. Zach Knowlton, statistician extraordinaire, up next. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation later in the week, former BYU defensive lineman and current director of football ops, Russell T. Alavea will join us. Sports agent to the BYU stars, Evan Brennan will be here, as well as Rose Huang, the freshman and conference player of the year in women's golf. She'll join the program coming up as the week continues. How often does a freshman (laughs) win the freshman of the year and the conference player of the year? That's amazing. Well done, Rose. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Bronson Kafusi preparing for the NFL draft. He is number 70 on Mel Kuyper's big board. He is the highest-rated player in the state of Utah. Also on that list, Mitch Matthews at number 272. Will he earn a late-round draft pick? Hey, at the very least, he's going to find himself signing a free agent deal without question. Ben Patch of number 1-ranked BYU Volleyball won the Brian Ivey Award. That award is given out to the best opposite hitter in the country. BYU Baseball had a game canceled last night against Utah Valley. It has been rescheduled for May 10th. They take on Gonzaga tomorrow live on BYU TV, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain Time. And he's back. Eric Mika has returned from his mission to Rome, Italy. Last night, TJ Haas tweeted out a photo of himself along with Mika and Nick Emery with the caption, quote, we're back together. The big three. Or are they the big three? They are, most certainly. That is our Twitter topic today. Send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now, our second in-studio guest of the day is Zach Knowlton, statistician consultant. I think that's what I should refer to you as. Numbers magician? How about that one? I like that. For BYU football, predicting player performance for BYU since 2014. Okay, so Mm -hmm. Zach... That said, what's, what's your story? How did you get going with BYU football using numbers? That's a good question. So uh, I'm a, I just got my master's degree here at BYU in stats. And Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> finally, right? Uh, and so I'd been working with a golf team uh, doing some stuff. Not as passionate about golf. Always loved football. Uh, we have a good uh, sports statistics group going in the stats department. So send a tweet out to the director of football operations. Hey, we can help you here in the stats department. Let us know. We'll be available. Uh, they got back to us. We set up a meeting with Bronco, and then it just kind of tumbleweeded from there. And now we're going with, with Coach Satake, which is great. Uh, and it's, it's, it's been really, really fun to work on. It's one thing to have the idea and to be able to, to put the numbers together and, and to have the idea, you know what, this would be great for the football team. Mm-hmm. But for them to embrace it and say, yeah, we'd like – what was that like? Oh, man, that feeling when I saw that tweet, I was just like, yes. Yeah, here we go. We're finally, in. Finally. Living the dream, finally. Um, it, it was it was really cool. And just as a fan, to be able to go in there and meet and have good discussion about how we could actually help the team, uh, I think that, that was really uh, special for me, at least. How is it that you help BYU football specifically? Yeah, so uh, we do a lot of different things for them. Uh, this last year, what we did was some player performance stuff. Uh, so we tried to help the team identify which players are having the most impact on the game. So my advisor, Dr. Fellingham, and another professor, Dr. Reese, uh, they worked with the Eagles in 2006 doing some similar stuff. So we talked with the coaches, hey, we can do this type of thing for you, relate player production to points, and they really liked it. So we 
we went forward, ran with it, and that turned into my thesis, which is great. Get paid to do what I love uh, and get a degree to do what I love. So research and, and the degree. So it, it worked out really good. So for those who have seen the movie Moneyball, and if you haven't, mm-hmm. please do because it's awesome. Is that essentially what you're helping the football team with? Similarly, with you mentioned, you know, player performance and putting you know numbers attached to that. Is that mm-hmm. essentially what you're doing? Yeah, similar. I think that there's a slight misconception out there, right? There's that big scene in Moneyball where there's all the scouts and the Jonah Hill character and Billy Bean, and really it's like stats versus scouts, right? Uh, and what we do is more provide another resource for the coaches, right? They know what they're doing. Uh, but if they have another resource that can quantify some of that information, uh, we want to provide that resource. So we feel like that's kind of what we're bringing to the team to help them kind of really validate some of their things as well as maybe find some things they didn't notice before. Listen, Billy Bean of the Oakland Athletics, he got Brad Pitt <laughs> to play him in a Hollywood blockbuster. So naturally, I'm assuming you've had discussions with important people about who would play you. Yes, of course. In that BYU football movie. So who would it be? It's got to be Jack Black. <laughs> I mean, how can you not say Jack Black, right? He's great. He's funny. He can play a nerdy character, right? Jonah Hill kind of plays that nerdy character in Moneyball. It's got to be Jack Black. Now, is that you or is that your wife talking? Because you said that you, your wife had come up with this. Because this is a question I guess you get a lot. My so wife thinks of it for some reason. I'm, so I'm is, that, sure. is that who your wife thought it was? Uh, she agreed with me. I, Jack Black, I love him. So Nacho Libre immediately tied it to that. <laughs> needy greedy. Yes, the needy greedy. The <laughs> nucleus. Third mention on the show today. I love it. What are your meetings like right now with Kalani Satake? Like, what do, you, what do you, where does it begin? What's the conversation like? So the first time we met, we met with him, he was basically like, okay, what have you done in the past? Kind of explain some of those things. Uh, and we helped him kind of understand where we were. Uh, we gave him a full season report. So a game by game report and a full season summary. And it was really cool. He, he loved that report. He was just looking through it. He's like, oh, this makes, this makes a lot of sense. I really like that. And so subsequent meetings, we've talked about how we can kind of move it a little further. He wants to move it towards scouting as well as kind of the self-scout, self-evaluation. So uh, he's really, really open to whatever we can do to help, but he really wants it to be helpful. So we're really trying to identify what is most going to help the team this year and that he can actually find value in. One of the things that you do with this information is you can project win-loss records. So that begs the question, not to put you on the spot, but what kind of season are we going to be seeing for BYU football in 2016? <laughs> Tread lightly, Zach. Tread I know, lightly. I know. I don't, I don't want to get in any trouble up here. Uh, I'll just say that there's not a lot of data on uh, Coach Satake BYU football team, right? So maybe I won't get into that. Uh, but I, I do think that we're going to have a good season. Uh, obviously a hard schedule. So, I mean, Going in, we can't expect undefeated, of course. Um, and I think any anything above 500, I'll be pretty happy with. But I expect us to be pretty good. But that's mostly from a fan. Okay, put on those put on those blue goggles and tell me and tell me what you're seeing now. Yeah, what, what are you seeing now, Zach? Oh, does that undefeated season look possible? <laughs> <laughs> it, it might. It's actually. amazing how those glasses work, wow. isn't it? Okay, those yeah. are the extra large 4K blue goggles, uh, new technology. Can I get so, some of these? Yeah, we'll, we'll look into <laughs> okay. that. Zach Dalton, statistician consultant, numbers magician for BYU football, and a recent graduate of statistics with a master's degree, is joining us now. How he is helping BYU football. ESPN's Football Power Index, another mm-hmm. big time. You know, numbers database has BYU winning an average of 6.4 games this year, mm-hmm. 
Would you agree or disagree with that number? Would you go higher or lower than that number? Is this with the goggles? Take the goggles off. Take the goggles off. Back to numbers magician mode. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I know one of the guys that actually helps with those projections. Uh, and one of the things that I think is really strong in those is strength of schedule, right? We have a really, really hard schedule. And so I think that brings us down from what we possibly could do. Uh, so I would definitely say over. Um, but I kind of see how there's not a lot of – information out there about how we can do with the schedule and the team that we have. Let's right play now. the hypothetical game. If Taysom okay. Hill is 100% <laughs> healthy and Jamal Williams is 100%, does this change the number at all? It's got to, right? You would think? Yeah. I mean, I imagine they're using data from last season uh, where Taysom isn't in there besides the Nebraska game. Not and that Tanner Mangum is, uh, you know, yeah, he's just great. some guy off the street. Yeah. <laughs> the freshman very, very of the year, true. man. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's got to go up, and I think any BYU fan would believe that. But also, I think any person who's watched Taysom play would would believe that as well. What do the analytics say on which opponent should be the toughest matchup this season? That's tough. Uh, I think that one of the ones that stands out is Michigan State. Obviously, they were in the playoff last year, so that's that's one that immediately stands out. Uh, Utah is just a big game always, um, but I think Michigan State, with what they have coming back, is probably our, our toughest opponent this this upcoming season. Zach, this is intriguing stuff. So when you put together your statistics and you mm-hmm. can finagle some like really good news, like you call it the good news category, yeah, yeah. let's get those together. Okay, bring you back on, put the blue goggles on, and you can give us the I good like news. That. Okay. From just only the good things, man. <laughs> okay. We don't want to hear any of the bad No negativity. No, no, no. All blue goggles. Yes. Only information <laughs> wearing these. That's all we want. That. I can do that. <laughs> really cool. And uh, I'm sure that uh, BYU Sports Nation would like me to offer uh, you know, a thanks for what you're doing to help BYU Athletics. Really cool stuff. Thank you. I appreciate that. Zach Dalton with us. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the big three. Who deserves the title? But first, Stephen Bayo of BYU Hoops. He just got a scholarship. Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jason Shepard hanging out live in the studio bizzle. Remember, if you miss an episode of this show live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. We were talking about it with one of our previous guests, that being head coach Mike Ludwood of the BYU baseball team. Baseball hosting Gonzaga on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Miller Park. All three games will be broadcast on BYU TV and BYU radio. Coverage on Thursday will begin at 8 p.m. Eastern time. If ever BYU baseball could use a series win, holy cow. It is this weekend. You know, we were joking with the huge, but it really is huge. Yes. It's a your big inner, series. Inner Donald Trump, and it's going to be huge. BYU Baseball on BYU TV. Check it out. Jason Shepard is our insider. He will be in the dugout. All three games, right? All three games. Let's go, man. Can't wait. Who are the big three within BYU athletics? Or who deserves the title of big three on campus right now? Love, love this. This is way off the map. At Melocopter said Cafe Rio, Costa Vida, and Bajio. Well, I'm hungry okay, now. If you're, not, if you're not familiar with those three restaurants, uh, very popular <laughs> destinations in Utah County. I, didn't we specify athletes, but still well played? Burritos for lunch, by the way? Oh, that does sound, sound delicious. Joining us now is the newest scholarship recipient of BYU basketball, Stephen Bayo out of Washington State, the Richland Bombers star. Stephen, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, guys. How you doing? We are fantastic. First and foremost, which class did we get you out of right now? 
I'm actually in a seminary right now. Oh, oh no, Stephen, you're oh, not supposed no. to say that, man. I know. Were you going to get you in trouble? No, it's all good. So will, will a will a a written note from BYU <laughs> be okay to get you out of missing seminary? <laughs> <laughs> No, I just talked to the teachers. They're cool with it. Okay, Who's tell nation? How can you turn it down? Exactly. Yes. It's for the it's for the greater good of being yeah, exactly. sports <laughs> Lightning strikes. Yeah. yeah. Goodness. Stephen Bale with us of BYU basketball. When did you decide that BYU was where you wanted to and needed to play basketball? Um, probably junior year when I decided that I was officially going to go there. I turned down all the other offers and everything and at that point I was just a walk-on but I still knew that BYU was definitely the place I wanted to go so now turning down a scholarship per se at another school that's offering you a full ride to come and be a preferred walk-on at BYU how how come you opted to do that even before you now got a scholarship Uh, because I looked at it as I'm choosing the school not based on money issues or anything else and BYU just seemed like the perfect fit and the place I wanted to be. So, so have you? Were you? Are you a BYU fan? Have you always been a BYU fan? Did that play a role in it as well? Um, growing up, I didn't watch a lot of BYU, but I took an official visit down there, toured the campus, met with the team. Coaches are awesome, and I mean, it was just kind of overwhelming. And I knew like that was where I wanted to go. So. Stephen Bale is now on scholarship with BYU Basketball. What were the emotions like when you found out that, hey, not only are you going to be a preferred walk-on, but there's a scholarship available, and they're going, we're going to give it to you? <laughs> Let's just say the Bale household was ecstatic. I mean, <laughs> uh, my mom was overjoyed. It was a huge relief, and I'm privileged and honored and just excitement all around. I'm going to assume, based off of that answer, you did not know this was coming. Was was this a big surprise to you? Uh, I secretly hoped it was coming, but <laughs> it ended up being a surprise, yeah. That's a fair answer. Stephen Bale with this. Now, if you were to describe yourself as a basketball player, let's just say to a scout or a coach or somebody who is doesn't know a lot about you, how would you describe yourself and what you bring to the floor? Uh, I'm going to do whatever the team needs me to do to win. I'm, I'll fill any role needed, uh, work hard 110% all the time. Um, I can score, I can pass, I can rebound. I'll do whatever needs to be done. Where do you think or how do you feel you fit in to this BYU basketball team? Um, just another guard that can handle it, push it, distribute, hit open shooters. A lot of open shooters. TJ just got back and just spread the floor out. How familiar are you with the current roster and the Lone Peak Three and everybody that's coming back to play for Dave Rose? Um, so when I took the visit last year, I met a couple of guys that are still on the team this year, but I've not met any of the big three, but I've watched them on TV and everything and super excited to play beside them. At six foot three, where do you see yourself playing? Do you, do you need to have the ball in your hands? Do you play off the ball? Where, where do you see yourself playing in this uh, in this offense? Uh, either I think maybe I will play a little point guard if we need it, but I have in my high school or basketball 
um, career so far. I've played a lot of off the ball, so but college is a whole new game, so we'll see how I fit in. Did Jimmer Fredette have anything to do with getting your attention at BYU in terms of the basketball program? I actually remember watching that tournament where Jimmer went off. Uh, a little bit, it showed that true uh, stars can come out of BYU, and I think everyone likes that, being able to be noticed on BYU. So, yeah, Jimmer was a big influence, yeah, I'd say. Will you be okay if I slip up and call you Scott Bayo? <laughs> And by the way, do you know who Scott Bayo is? <laughs> I I do. It happens more often than you think. <laughs> so. We were we were a little worried about that one, Stephen. Because honestly, <laughs> I hear Bayo, and that is the I, I immediately think of Chachi. I'm sorry, uh, I just do. It, it's okay. It happens. I understand. <laughs> Hey, not that we condone getting out of class or seminary for that matter, but uh, just to ask the education question now, what do you plan on studying other than the art of basketball at BYU? Um, I'm not 100% sure right now. I'm leaning towards a business degree, but we'll see. I'm just going to try out a bunch of new things. Very good. Steven, it's been great to talk to you, man. We're excited for you, for your scholarship, and I look forward to having you on campus in Provo, Utah, man. Take care. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Stephen Bayo, newest basketball scholarship recipient for the Cougars, and Dave Rose. How ironic is it that we're getting him out of seminary to do this? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I need to go do an interview. Wait, no, you can't get This is seminary. This is religion. This is important. It's, it's for BYU. Okay. <laughs> All is well. <laughs> I love that he called... Mika, Haas, and Emery, the big three, too. See? The, the big three. He, he agrees with me. They're the only ones that you actually I set him up for three. that because I think I used the terminology, the big three. Everybody knows it's football. <laughs> There's, it's no coincidence that I'm wearing a BYU football hoodie today for the topic. Actually, it is a coincidence, but whatever. <laughs> it's just worked out that way. <laughs> Who are the big three? Who deserves the title? Let's get to the Twitter machine. At KFLD5 says Mika, Haas, and Emery, if they adopt Stephen Curry's work ethic, hard work equals final four. If any of them can be anything like Stephen Curry, you <laughs> <laughs> white fans will be super pumped. TJ Haas is the ginger mamba, dude. Coming up, a number one award for the star of the number one BYU men's volleyball team. It's part of the Cougar Whip Around. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jason, what's next? Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Bronson Kafusi made ESPN's Mel Kuyper's final draft big board. Bronson came in at number 70, which makes him the highest-rated player coming out of the state of Utah. Mitch Matthews also made Kuyper's big board, coming in at number 272. Men's basketball. Eric Mika, the Caesar of BYU basketball, returned home from the Rome-Italy mission last night. The Lone Peak 3 are back together. They have not played a game of basketball for 1,516 days. Baseball. The BYU baseball team versus UVU last night was canceled due to the rain. The game has been rescheduled for May 10th. The Cougars begin a three-game series starting Thursday against Gonzaga. Volleyball. Ben Patch of number one ranked BYU men's volleyball won the Brian Ivey Award. That award is given to the best 
opposite hitter in all the land. Soccer. The women's soccer team is overseas in Italy today. They played their second game of a four-match playing tour against, and I apologize, Permac Vittorio Veneto. Can we get Eric Mika to help with the pronunciation <laughs> we, of that? We may he may have come home just to help me out with that. They won the game eight to nothing. Maddie Lyons, Elena Medeiros, and Ashley Hatch each had two goals today. Well, listen, tennis. we discussed women's soccer about the big three. Get to that in just a second. Men's and women's tennis WCC tournament begins today for both of those squads. They will start play and get really, really uh, individually involved tomorrow. Today's Rise and Shout. Who gets it? Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it, Jason? Jack Black? (laughs) (laughs) Can we give the Rise and Shout to Jack Black? No, we can't give it to Jack Black. He has no BYU ties. (laughs) Even though we love Jack Black. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Eric Mika. Okay, for the second day in a row. With that second day in a row, just because it's good to see those three back together in the same picture. Maybe we should give it to TJ for tweeting out the picture. And we're back together. Oh, it's been a long. How excited did BYU fans get when they saw that tweet come across with the three of them all together? Available for basketball activities now. Well, I think it's got like 300 retweets and 1,000 likes, so that's a pretty good indicator of uh, the excitement people are feeling. Which trio of BYU athletes deserves the title of Big Three on campus? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. At Lauren Frankham, please. It's <laughs> obvious that right now the Big Three are Ben Patch, Jake Langlois, and Brendan Sander for BYU Volleyball. Can't argue number one. That's weird that the sideline reporter for <laughs> BYU Volleyball would suggest that it's those three. This one cracks me up. At uh, He-Man underscore Hyde, just Molongi himself. <laughs> We've actually had quite a few of these coming in. I know he's not technically on campus, but dude's big enough that he's kind of basically is. <laughs> he's three people. <laughs> he's got another year, doesn't he? Holy cow. I like this one. Davey, uh, Devere Gmay. How about the big three T's? Ty, Taysom, and Tanner. That's good. Haven't seen that one yet. Our elite tweet of the day comes from that R. Greenhaw. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Brian Logan, not Jason Shepard. What? As the big three on the show today, you know. Thanks to all of our guests. Download the podcast on iTunes for Jason. I am Spencer. Shout out to Greg Kite. See you tomorrow.